Welcome to Two Arabs and a Podcast. A show with no limits. Dating, business, martial arts, self-defense, and the life of two Arabs in America. Arabs in America. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your hosts. The owner of Warrior Academy, the son of an immigrant, international traveler, black rank in Krav Maga, a jiu-jitsu practitioner, and Brazil's national champion. And of course, 2018 Self-Defense Instructor of the Year, a bodyguard and military combative instructors, none other than Franz Azar. Joined by his co-host, Omar Aswan, the owner of Warrior Tactical Training, published author, doctor of criminology, world traveler, fluent in four languages, a military combat contractor, and a first-generation immigrant. The show begins now. Welcome to Two Arabs in a Podcast, coming to you live from Kansas City, Missouri. I'm your host, Omar Aswed, and I'm joined by my co-host, Faraz Adab. And today, we're excited about this upcoming podcast, but we just want to touch base about the last podcast with uh, Nick Hughes. We had two podcasts. It was awesome. We had a lot of great feedback. A lot of uh, questions was answered, and I think it went uh, really well. We definitely improved the sound quality in the last oh, two, yeah. and we're still <laughs> working on improving the sound quality in the next episodes. So it's a learning curve for us. Right for us? Yes. Um, I was uh, um, I was really happy. First of all, just to have my coach in our first ever kind of podcast project was awesome, you know. The other thing is, you know, Nick's background, I think a lot of people, they keep telling him, to, I, what I noticed from the comments, man, that guy's smart. I'm like, what do you guys think? We just punch and kick stuff? No, he, he's brilliant, <laughs> man. Yeah, he's definitely brilliant. Some of them are, are surprised even the way he speaks and all that. I was like, yeah, man. I mean, look at the students that he brings out. Yeah. I and mean, the guy has one of, I mean, do you think he doesn't know how to speak or write? He would have any successful books or that. So, but it's what's interesting, Omar. They, when I tell them what I, like, you're one of my students. Mm-hmm. And when I mention to them, I give you guys a reading list, they all get confused or written test. And I was like, what do you guys think? People just go punch and kick and that's a solution to self-defense. I think that's what makes us different because a lot of the martial art places or self-defense, they show up, put a gi, put a belt, start kicking and punching things and good, have a good day, bye-bye. They yeah. don't discuss how you ended up there in the first place or how to develop mental awareness or mm-hmm. mental strength to actually kick somebody or punch somebody exactly. or have a lot of the challenges. And I think that's, Nick Hughes is pretty good at it Yes, because he goes to the background of how you got there in the first place what got yes. you to uh, in an alley getting stomped at two o'clock in the morning yeah i mean that's what makes us unique and i'm proud of this program and i'm happy everybody sees that now so much years we've put in but uh, it's it's it still surprises me i see a lot of people which is fine it's kind of the business everybody copies someone and now everybody talks about oh awareness this awareness that they literally still forget how important is to educate your student and not to get into shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you notice, uh, my favorite, and he's one of my great friends, and I, I use him as an idol when it comes to jiu-jitsu, Tom DeBlas, by the way. Yeah. Did you see that post he did when one of his white belts was going around challenging people? Yeah, I saw He that. blasted him open. Yeah. He was like, don't get it twisted. You just started training and you're calling out people. This is self-defense. It should exactly. not be a fight. Yeah. And uh, you have to have that ethic in you to control this stuff. I mean, you've seen sometimes we have a great gym and great crowd, but every now and then you get somebody, you have to kind of correct them. It's like, hey, but then they will tell you, it's like, well, I I trained in somewhere else. I never went through all this. And I'm like, I understand, but this is how things go. It's a school. 
Yeah. I tell people. No, exactly it is. I mean, one of the best compliments I ever got in a class, a woman came to me after a class and she mm. said, I discouraged her from carrying a gun. And mm. it was an introduction to handguns. Mm-hmm. And I said, why? She said, because I didn't show up and you just told me how to shoot and, and use a gun. Yeah. You talked about the mental strength to actually shoot somebody, blood, the legal ramifications and all these things made me now question if I actually want to do this. And mm-hmm. I was like, good, because it's I, I have an obligation. It's not just teaching you how to pull a trigger. Yeah. You ha- I have to tell you about the mental aspect of killing somebody. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you about the legal aspect yeah. and the physical, uh, the financial aspect of dealing with the aftermath, yeah, yeah. the legal suits and the, mm-hmm. fi- and the criminal charges and all this stuff. So I have an obligation. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, I took it as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, from what we do at the academy with an even warrior tactical training with all, it's like we emphasize really hard on the whole education. It is an education. You have to educate people. The whole process of, I'm going to go and slap some gloves on, and I'm going to rock somebody's head off, and if they come, I'll shoot them. I'm like, dude, <laughs> that does, I'll shoot them. Every time I hear, I'll shoot them. Shoot who? Exactly. Shoot what? Are we in the Wild West now or something? No, no, we're not. I mean, uh, uh, police officers are getting into trouble for shooting. And I look at some of the videos. Some There is mess-ups. So I, I agree 100%. But there's some justified shit, and they're still getting ringed about it. No, no, exactly. And and here's what people don't understand when it comes to shooting. They were doing studies about World War One and Two, mm. and soldiers at war, after they came back, they said, yes, I actually did not shoot to kill. I didn't pull the trigger at times that I had a confirmed kill and I didn't pull that trigger. And the numbers were about 50%. 50% of soldiers were refusing to pull that trigger in close combat or try to scare the enemy and shoot over it. And I'm saying if a soldier in war is hesitant about killing people, then what makes you think a civilian in Kansas City, Missouri is going to have the mental strength (laughs) to shoot somebody in the head and drop them dead? Up north suburbs. Yeah, up north suburbs. It doesn't happen. It's not just something that you can just do. So... Uh, uh, before you know we get distracted from the topic but we have a few minutes to talk in the beginning one thing also right now the joke we did about up north when I used to leave, uh, live there um, you went to was it Zona Rosa where you went yeah, to Dixon yesterday believe it or not Omar I was once standing you know how that place looks like yeah some rowdy kids walked in you know kids it's still malls and they fled and going I literally heard this guy and I turned and stared at him he thought it was racial comment that I looked at him um I don't know what his intention, if it was racial or not, because he didn't say a racial word, but it was targeted against non-white kids. Yeah. But the comment he did when they came in running, I and I saw they were not doing anything stupid. They, it's shit me and you did when we were young. Just yeah. suddenly run with six friends and scream or something. Yeah, it's the mall. It happens. Do I say it should? No, but it's kids. So anyway, they came flooding out. And I just backed up. I'm like, and I left. I'm like, man, I hope not that kid gets slammed in the glass door because he was just looking backwards and running. Yeah. This guy goes, well, they better not come at me. I'll pull my gun. I turned <laughs> and looked at him. I was like, pull your gun for what? They're kids. They were literally laughing like maniacs chasing each other and being rowdy. There was nothing in their hands. They were, I, I, because when I heard the noise, of course I looked. I'm like, what the fuck's going on there? Yeah. Because we have issues in the plaza. Of you course, know? yeah. Yeah. No, literally, I looked at him, and that, and that comment, I stared at the dude. He got nervous a little bit, because I just stared at him. Yeah. It's like, pull my gun on what? For what, exactly, no Three. reason. 
See, see that, and you're in the suburbs. It's just no. yeah, no, it's the suburbs. Yeah. I, I dealt with that yesterday. So on a side note, uh, yes, the Halloween just came out. Yes, movie. very exciting. Uh, it's doing really well. Actually, he's doing the second best horror movie after mm-hmm. it. They uh, this weekend they made seventy seven million dollars. Yeah, considered the second biggest horror movie opening. Yeah, besides it, obviously the movie. Yeah, and it's a great movie. Did you watch it? Right? I get to watch it. Well, the interesting part. I'm, a, I'm this movie made me shit my pants <laughs> thirty some years yeah. ago when I watched my. This movie came in 1978, the year I was born. So this yeah. was 40 years later. And I'm going to speak a couple of things about it, but this was one of my first horror movies sitting with my grandmother and my mom. Oh, everybody was there. And you know, back then, everybody likes to turn the lights off to watch this shit. I don't know. And man, that movie <laughs> fucked me up. So I took and went with my son and my assistant, Shannon, and even my son got terrorized. But it was so well done to the point it reminded me of the original movie. There was no too much gore. There was no rape because a lot of things fixation going on with stupid they forgot what it makes a, a thriller horror movie like yeah. the suspense so ironically enough a lot of people are, mis- are confused or not aware of who is the original producer and director of this movie yeah. so we might not educate our crowd i mean it's an arab american yeah and i, I mentioned that somebody looked at me because in the beginning he said in memory of mustafa al-aggad yeah his son malik al-aggad is the one running everything now and everybody's like, who's that? I just like, are you being serious? But I mean, so talking facts about Mustafa Agad, this is the guy that brought Halloween. And this is the guy actually that did huge classic movies. One of them is uh, Lion of the Desert. Yeah. Which, um, and he did also the, about Prophet Muhammad, the messenger. Yeah, the messenger. And he had Anthony Quinn and had Antonio Quinn in his movies and everybody. But a lot of people forgot that why was this director unique? He would do two movies, like when he did The Lion in the Desert, Arabic version and English version. It was no subtitle. You've seen it, yeah, did no, you? No, no, I've seen it. Yeah. And I remember seeing it because I was confused because mm-hmm. I thought they just did a voiceover, but I watched the English one and then I watched the Arabic one and they're two different actors. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't voiceover. He was recording two movies with two different actors, same time. different budgets with the same time, yeah, which is pretty impressive. It's, it is, I mean, at that time. Yeah. And I mean, and what's so funny, it's ironic. I don't know when I use the word ironic. His death really bothered me personally because I grew up on his movies. I idolized him. I mean, uh, he got killed in Amman, Jordan. Yeah. In a terrorist attack. He yeah. was attending his daughter's wedding. Yeah. So believe it or not, goes back and gets killed. Yeah. And this is what I want to educate the, the our crowd here. I mean, we're passionate about our culture. We love our culture. And we are American citizens too. We are proud Americans as well. But I want to bring here the idea of these terrorists are only killing Christians no, 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 no. and then Arabs. I was like, the Arabs are the majority being killed. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, he died in the 2005 uh, attacks. Yes. In Jordan, there was three attacks that took place on 8, 8 p.m. in three different hotels yeah. that diplomats go to and Al-Qaeda did it. Yes, it's Al Qaeda. Yeah, Al Qaeda. Yes. They did three attacks yes. at the same time. Yeah. And one of the hotels, they thought there was a reception for diplomats. It's it was actually his, his daughter's wedding. Yes, so they blew up, and there are sixty people that died and something yeah. injured, uh, and they caught the people that did it. Mm-hmm. But obviously, terrorist invo- affects Arabs yes. more more than anywhere, more anybody else. Yes. Uh, and second of all, now that's an Arab American mm-hmm. that basically brought one of the best horror movies ever. 
and the best Islamic movie about the Prophet Muhammad. Exactly. Remember? He's the only one that did it. Basically. He's the only one that yeah. did it and did it so good. It was beyond the idea of just Islam. He talked the man, the history. If I, I wish, I want our crowd really would find this movie. It's called The Messenger. And do understand, you're not going to see the Prophet because of some religious belief in the Islamic religion. You don't, yeah. cannot put the images because of idols or something like that. I'm not believing in that. Times have changed. Anyway, he respected that. But there's some unique points in that movie he did. When the Prophet Muhammad ran away from Mecca because the Arabs wanted to kill him. Yes. They were not Muslim, but they want to kill him yeah. because they were business people and they're, you know, um, they pray to idols. And he said, this is wrong. This is what you're doing. Yeah. And he wanted to abolish slavery. So in that movie, he shows who's the first people to protect him when he went. And it was, remember, the Ethiopian priest? Yeah. He was Catholic. Catholic priest, yeah. He said, Muhammad belongs here. You guys stay away. And I, and I like the movie specifically because it's not a pro-Islam movie, pro-Christian no. movie. It's a very factual movie that says, here's the history. I'm not telling you Muhammad was right or wrong. I'm going to tell you the history of the man. Yes. Because what he came. And what he did. What he did. Really and, did. And the, the struggles he had during his early days. Absolutely. So it's, it's not about pro-Islam. It's not no, Islamic no, movie. No. It's just saying, this is history. If you want to know history uh, history about Muhammad or Islam, then but watch he, this movie. And, 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 and he put the purest simplify it of what Islam is. Exactly. He simplified it and explained it and yeah. explained the original because message. Because everybody, when you get so deep in religion, like me and you have this discussion. Yeah, of course. Between Christians or, uh, it gets worse now between Islams, Christians, Jews. I mean, it's so deep. And then when you look at the history and you read about him or even Jesus, it was very simple. Do good. Yeah, All of them, if you know Muhammad didn't have anything about killing this and killing that. Even the wars, he was avoiding to get the war. He wanted peace for his people. Yeah, no, it, it was a very simple message at the yeah. time. Yeah, so I would encourage our crowd to get this movie, sit with an open mind, and just watch. Yeah, watch this it. It's is a history. It's, 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 a a very, history. it's a very good movie. It's not going to be one of those that's going to, oh, am I going to be converted? No, 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 no. no. Just like Omar stated, it is a very good factual movie. Yeah, exactly. And Mustafa Agad did a great job, and it's, you know, rest in peace. But, you know, it's awesome to see this movie. And like I said, we're Arab Americans. We're proud of it. It's like, hey, one of our people did a great movie. Exactly. But today we have a very serious topic. Mm -hmm. And uh, our topic is about domestic violence. Yes. Domestic violence is a big issue in the United States generally and in the world. And October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And, I mean, it's a really big issue. The numbers are scary. One in three women in the United States are victims of domestic violence. One in four men are victims of domestic violence. Hmm. The National Domestic Hotline receives 22,000 calls a day. That's 15 calls per minute that they get of people wanting help. Women's shelters in Missouri are turning 20,000 people away because they don't have capacity that to help. That upset me. Yeah, I said yeah. that the other day. I read that. I was in shock. They, they're, they're doing their best, but they have a capacity and yes. they're not able to help 20,000 women in just Missouri. Yeah. That's, that's significant. Um, I mean, when we talk about self-defense and things like that, domestic violence is one-fifth of all violence in the United States. Yep. But people are more are more talking about getting monk down the street or getting their shit beat out of them in a, in a bar. But likelihood of that is the same as getting beat by your husband or wife. Uh, uh, with the numbers you're putting right yeah, now? one-fifth. This is really common. And I mean, when we talk about suicide murders, where a person murders somebody and then commits suicide, 72% of those are related to domestic violence and their intimate partners. They usually kill their intimate partner and then kill themselves. And if they're children, they'll take and the children, children out too. too. So 72% of that 
is intimate relationships. So it's, it's scary numbers. And obviously to us, it's not just numbers. We're very passionate yes. about this topic and we have dealt with it. So if I ask my first question to you, since a lot of people might not know, mm -hmm. what have you done personally? to help women in the community, to reduce these numbers? To, first of all, what got me involved in this, actually, uh, I've spoke this, and it was very hard, but it was my thank you back. You were there when I got my Hall of Fame award, and you seen the crowd, everybody was shocked. They thought I'm gonna come in and blast or about. It's like, no, I got into martial arts because of my grandmother. My grandmother is a survivor of the Holocaust, but not as bad, it's of course awful, the Holocaust. But that woman went through hell and worse from her husband. Her husband beat her. Like stories she used to tell me. She read, when I was young, I stayed with her for a long time. Mm -hmm. And she told me about a lot of stories and she how she grabbed me from my hands when I was so mad. Some fight happened outside and I clenched my fist and I want to get involved with these kids. It's just, I couldn't understand Dutch that time. And they just, I think they thought I was um, Yugoslavian because we had there's issues with Yugoslav coming in at that time because of my color and complexion, my, you know? So, and she grabbed my fist and she said, with these two hands, you promise me you're gonna help the weak avenge them and you're never gonna hurt the weak with them. And I said, I do, I promise. And I remember why she used to say that to me because she told me stories and how she went, she survived. So that was my first thing. And, and, and honestly, this means a lot to me, especially this month, because I, in her memory, I wanna keep doing this. My ultimate goal one day to make a foundation in her name for this. So when you go to the community, with that me being charged inside, and I've noticed how nobody can take care. Martial arts people are very uh, funny, in my opinion. So there's none, and I'm not gonna accuse all of them, but there's a big majority of them are in it for the money. Yeah. Money is good to keep us going, but they forget the message. Martial arts is a community service. And since I showed up in the scene here, for the past five years, I was the first one to address April, Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Yes. So, it became like I've raised over the years, uh, Rose Brooks, I partnered with them because I, I, I appreciate their work and they're very good friends of ours. It's a good shelter. Um, and again, like you said, everybody can do what they can do, but they're full. They're full. They can't help. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. So they have capacity. Yep. Yeah. So I've been running those. I've been raising awareness. I've developed a woman's only program on that reason, too, because there's a lot of women that come hurt. I'm, I'm against just a woman's only training, to be honest with you, in the beginning. But I still want something them to learn. So I developed that program with my other instructor, Megan. And I said, we need to figure out a way to bring them in. Because let's think about it, Omar. We're going to later share with the audience our experience yeah. with what happened with this. So uh, when if you get this woman battered and then the guy's voice or looks or something just reminds her, me, maybe she looks, I mean, here's my voice. It triggers something like that's the same. Or it could be a training partner. You'll be doing chokes with her and she'll freak the shit up because that's the same choke she used to go through. Exactly. So that will shut them out. I still insisted. I was like, there has to be a way. There has to be a way we can bring them in. So when we did that program, it succeeded in something that I wanted to do, to help them overcome and suddenly they start doing the bigger general classes. 
So that worked. And that's part of, I'm very happy about that. And even educating the community, going online and putting this and raising so much, you know, we've been raising good money. Now I'm, I'm a part of it also, I'm standing with the KCAVP, the Kansas City Anti-Violence Project for the LGBT. They are victims of domestic violence beyond. I mean, it's just nobody even pays attention to that community. I'm inviting, they're coming to this event too. They are. Yeah. They're very happy. They want to be a part of it. But that's part of how I got involved in what we did. So... Yeah, and I think what what's unique about you, and I like that, and that's why when when I met you, I mm-hmm. like that you have you're very involved in the community. You're just don't like okay, I'm going to charge you for training and leave. You're yeah. very involved in the community, and I do the same things we were talking about. Yeah, yesterday. absolutely. I I do a lot of donations, help cops, women organizations, different things. Yes, and and we have a responsibility. Actually, as, well, sorry to cut you off. You were the only ones that I see that owns all the tactical stuff that does that. All the other ones I've seen and watched it, it's almost like reminds me of that company Grunstar. That there's a reason yeah. <laughs> behind. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think I'm the only company in Kansas City that says every foreign officer I'm going to open my checkbook and donate money to them yeah. I'm going to open my well I remember checkbook. when you did yeah. that people thought you were showing off and I was like uh, why is he showing off he's helping yeah and if I'm showing off I'm showing I'm leading by example mm-hmm. and maybe I'll inspire that I can donate this amount yeah. you can donate something else yes. or donate your time it's not about yes. just money there's a lot of things and I think it's a big issue with domestic violence in general and I think there's the big issue it comes back to like self-defense when we talked about majority mm-hmm. people talk about when shit hits the fan yes and I think domestic violence is the same thing because a lot of women assume domestic violence has a type has a look has oh I will know that this guy's abusive oh no you won't and, uh, he's gonna be wearing a woman beater tattooed up and show up and immediately spit on me and punch me in the face that doesn't happen um, and, and we've been involved with a lot of women who are abused oh, yeah. and they don't meet that type there's no physical type there's no height there's no color there's no Shape. No, there's no religion. They are they come in all shapes and sizes. Yes, um, but the signs are similar a lot of times. Like when we talk about you know criminal selection processes, the same thing goes with women though. You know the the men are have a certain criteria. They're usually pretty slick. They have to have mm-hmm. charismatic personality. They have to have. They are predators, good, by the way. They, they are, are predators. predators. They yeah. have, but but to be good predator, you have to be able to attract your prey and be able to yeah. talk, attract a woman, be charming enough where she falls for your bullshit, and then you start easing her into abuse. It doesn't start from date one. A man goes to Starbucks with a woman and says, "Oh, I'm gonna punch you in the face immediately." That oh, no. doesn't happen. It takes time. It takes time. But and that's why we're. I think we're we do what we're doing in the event on the 27th. We want to address the signs that lead to that. So. If you're in the early stages, you're aware that this might be going the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Like signs like controlling. And then start suddenly controlling who you can talk to, who you can hang out with, what friends you have, who you It's control and isolation. Control. And then isolation from yes. people. Eliminate, oh, you can't have friends. You can't uh, have guy friends. You can't have girlfriends. They were going to tell you to do stupid things. They don't, they're not happy for us. They start eliminating and now she has nobody else. Then financial control. Financial control. We sell it to the person we help. Financial control. Oh, give me all your money and I'm going to spend it. Now the woman has left with no money. No friends. Well, he usually what he does, I mean, that's usually it's a he, but in domestic violence lately, it's been both ways. Yeah. And it's not he, she. It's also she, she, he, he. I mean, we live, hey, everybody needs yeah. to be getting fucking open-minded lately because sometimes I'll say that, like, what? I'm like, shut up. No, it's a fact. It's 2018. Yeah. 2018, get over it. Exactly. But what I've noticed they would do and this uh, abusers especially, they will let, and when it comes to women, he will make her or that partner or whatever that, you don't need to work. You don't, I'll do everything. 
I'll do. So he's draining, he's drying out the income because income is control. Yeah, he's removing choices because now all of a sudden she has no friends. Yes. She has no family that supports her. Mm-hmm. Most likely he eliminated her. It starts with the family first. If yeah, family, close, then there's friends, attacks, yes. Then friends, control social media. Then he's controlling her financially. He yes. has the money. Yep. So the woman can't make choices on her own. Phone bills he pay it to. Control what she wears. Oh, I'm going to control what you're wearing, control what you're going, control mm-hmm. when you're going to train, when you're going to work out. A lot of women, like I talked to a couple girls earlier today, yeah. and they said their boyfriend at the time who was abusive, they broke up. She said he started with saying you can't work out. Why would you work out? You're trying to look good for other men. I don't want you to work out. And obviously, there's health reasons to work out. But he eliminated that saying, no, 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 you're just trying to look attractive to people and guys will hit on you in the gym. So I don't want you to do that. Mm. Control step one. So controlling, working out, control training. And then all of a sudden, you start eliminating. So when the man increases attacks and increases to physical, Mm -hmm. the woman has no choice. Yes. She's left... And I say women, but it affects everybody, obviously. Mm-hmm. But more women are victims of the common violence. Woman. Yes, so more, more women are affected, so I'm going to mention women. But usually she has no choice. She has no help. She has no family, no friends, no money. She can't go anywhere. So she just has to deal with it. Yeah. And a lot of times they're victimizing the woman. You made me hit you. You made me get mad. It's your fault that you did this. It's blaming and a lot of times too it's, it's bringing self-esteem down and I've seen a lot of people do that they talk shit about their woman you're ugly you're a whore you're a bitch you're a slut you're this you're that and they're taking away from you know, her I'm self-esteem not, let me hold you on this point before I forget so I'm jumping in on this I as much as I had experience with everything I mean I graduated in criminology study of all that I tell you the truth man this last experience I had shocked me me personally of how it it will affect even a good-looking, strong, independent woman. Yeah. This mental abuse. I mean, when you just talked about the looks, there's a lady I know. She fights and all that. Gorgeous and all the... I literally never knew the mental damage that was done to her until when she explains to me how she feels. Or, and I noticed, I was like, okay, if you're breaking up, just let it go. She would go and how it, if he talks about other women, it would bug her. And I'm like, I think I'm not good for him enough. I need to lift more. I'm like looking at her. And I'm and like, she's gorgeous. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm talking about. And I'm exactly like, talking about. hit the toe. And I'm like, what? And I looked at her, I was like, have you? I was like, you're like a sister to me. But I'm going to say this. Have you not looked at yourself in the mirror? And of course, you know, that's a dumb thing to say to somebody that's insecure. Like, well, I don't see it. And I was like, hey, I'm a grown man. I'll tell you, you're gorgeous. You're, you're, look, there's a lot of things great about you. What is wrong here? No, exactly. It's deep, man. It's it really is. gets deep. I, I, I was guilty of thinking... I mean, I'm harsh, not on myself, not on others, more. And I'm one of those, you're like, fuck your feelings, just move on on that. It's a lie, but I do that, you know, sometimes. Yeah. But I tell you, man, it, this was surprising. Man. I'm guilty of thinking, I was like, it took me a little bit, honestly. It took me a few days. And actually, the lady that I, in my life now, she even mentioned something to me during that time. I was venting to her, and she was like, trust, it takes a toll. Think about it. She was like, you've been in, a, and she said some things. I thought I was like, man, oh, I feel like shit a little bit. <laughs> it, it's, well, it's, it's true though. And, and I mean, I mean, here's the thing. A lot of women say, this would never happen to me. I'm a strong woman. But, but we've seen people who are educated, 
yes. who have their masters, who have their PhDs, uh, people who worked in a very successful job. Professional fighters. Professional fighters. For God's literally sake. Literally professional fighters. Uh, women who are gorgeous, women who are ugly, women who are fat, yeah. women who are thin. Every type, there is no type of a woman that says, oh, you have to look this certain way to be abused. No. No, no, no. It can happen to anybody. And a lot of women who are strong, obviously a fighter who is attractive is a very strong person. But the mental part of getting eliminated, mm-hmm. getting isolated, removing financial choices, being told every single day that you're ugly, uh, being told every single day that you're fat, pointing a body part, oh, your stomach looks disgusting, it has stretch marks. Obviously, that adds up. Every single day you tell somebody the same idea, they're going to believe it eventually. And once they start believing it, the woman feels insecure about herself, and the man is like, I'm God's gift to you. I'm God's gift. You can never find a guy like me. Nobody will ever date you, because you're ugly, and you have no choices, and you have nothing going on for you, and you're a slut, and you're a whore, and you start insulting her with all these name-calling. And I'm calling, and I'm saying these names, and I don't want to offend people, but I'm Quoting what people say online oh, yes. about their own wives and their girlfriends. He goes online and says, my wife is a whore to the public. Now he's making it clear to her that you're a whore with no choices. Nobody wants you but me. So you have to accept your destiny and accept your yeah, fate. Yeah, publicly blaster. And, and it's, it's, it's control. It starts with control. Nobody starts with the physical aspect. Like, I mean, and I mean, even with self-defense, I've never seen personally, I'm, I'm sure it happens and you might have seen it, never seen a, bar, a person in a bar goes, you know what I'm going to do? Go across the bar and punch a guy in the face. Usually there's an argument beforehand. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with domestic violence. Usually it doesn't start with a guy just walking home and you know what? I'm going to punch my woman in the face. He starts with controlling her, isolating her and doing all this mental parts where when he hits her... She's not mad at him. She's mad at herself. Mm -hmm. I let you down and I pissed you off. Yes. I have done something to you that I deserve to be hit. No, no, nobody deserves to be hit. No, honestly, nobody deserves to be hit. But you're saying all these things about yourself. Oh, no, I pissed you off. Somebody does. Is The douchebags like them needs to get their jaw dropped. No, it's it's very true. (laughs) But I've seen a lot of women who are going through the the assault. They talk about themselves. I pissed him off. I did something. They take the blame because a lot of time the man or the abuser in the the case is not taking the blame. He doesn't take responsibility for his actions. I cheated on you because you were distant. I beated you because you did something that I didn't like. So it's all blaming on other people. They're not taking responsibility for their actions. A healthy relationship Mm -hmm. says, I'm going to take responsibility for what I do, how I feel, how I look, and how I do things and empower the other person. But in an unhealthy, violent relationship, usually the person, it's one-sided. They never take blame for their actions. Mm-hmm. They can never do wrong. It's always the other person doing wrong. And it, 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 and honestly, if you take even a rock, rock is hard, right? Yes. But if you have water dripping on it, eventually the rock is going to crack. Yep. And they will split. And it will split. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's a rock. It's the hardest thing on earth. And rivers, they keep hitting a rock and they change the, they change yep. the shape of the rock. So the same thing, you have a woman and, or a man, and every single day you wake up and you're like, you're ugly, you're disgusting, you're a whore, you're a slut, you don't deserve anything happier. You're a failure as a you're mother, a failure. especially if they have kids. You remember, they play that game. Yeah, you're a failure, blah, yeah. blah, blah, you're a shitty mother, yeah. you're a terrible they person. They 
target that a lot in the mother. And you get told all these things like mm-hmm. a rock. Eventually, you're gonna start believing it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you're like, okay, I'm a failure in life, and this and that. And then you're this. You start accepting, quote unquote, your fate of getting hit and abused. And it starts with little things. No, and I feel like a lot of times people don't start with getting beat to the point they get up at a hospital. It starts with a shove. It starts with a slap. Oh, you pissed me off, and I was angry, and I slapped mm-hmm. you. The next thing starts with a shove. Next thing it starts with, oh, I'm gonna hit you and across the face. And nobody starts with usually. Usually, majority of people don't end up in a hospital from the first time. Yeah, it starts little things that add up. The man tests the water. They pu- they push the woman. And they get away with it. Yes, they, it they starts with that, by the way. Yeah, yep. it's a push. Then it's a slap. Then it's a, you know, hair grab. Throwing shove, things. Throw things at her. Yes. Then it starts adding and adding and adding. And all of a sudden, you're, you find yourself in the deep water of the pool. Yep. Because you've basically been going in this direction and allowing it. So women have responsibility to say, first of all, to realize the signs. If you're in a man that is telling you every single day that you're a terrible person, then find a man that will not tell you that you're a terrible person. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure well, there are six billion people on earth, probably not more, seven billion people. Yeah. I'm sure there's somebody that would appreciate a woman. Doesn't matter what's her size, what her looks, what her background is. There's a man out there that would appreciate a woman or a man with all their baggage. Mm-hmm. And say, you know what? I accept you for who you are. So if you're dating somebody who doesn't appreciate who, what, who you are, simple, break up with them and go find somebody else who would appreciate you. Omar, you, me and you do say simple, but I found out this, it's not simple for them after the mental damage. It is. It's, it's yeah, a, that's the thing. If it's in the beginning, this is what we're, here's what we're trying to do, ladies and gentlemen. We're trying to educate, and if we can reach out, any of our listeners that are detecting these signs before it gets deep, you need to seek help. It will get deep. I mean, you will say, okay, simple, walk off. Man, it gets so deep that I even myself was surprised. Like, oh my God, she's not going to let this guy go? Like, everything he no, no, does. But I think, I think it's the same thing. Don't, we're not sit where the purpose of education <coughs> is so we don't end up mm-hmm. where it's too late and you're stuck. You know, it's the same thing. Like when you talk about chokes and getting away with chokes, what's the best defense against a choke? Do not get choked in the first place. Yeah. Because once the choke goes in, yeah, you can might do something and prevent it, but it's already, you have a choke on your neck. You're probably yeah. going to pass out. So we're talking about women. We're talking about these signs to help prevent it. If you're a woman and you're in a relationship and you start seeing these trends where a man is controlling you, isolating you, insulting you, then it's probably easier to get out at that phase mm-hmm. so to, than wait a year where you're mentally fried, physically abused, and now you're you're trying to get out of it and it takes six, seven attempts to get out of a relationship like this. Yes. So it's, it's easier to get out and prevent it before it happens. Mm-hmm. It's it's better to prevent the fire than wait till my house is burning and then turn it off, right? Yes. So the same thing about it. What, what we're saying is, and instead of wait till it's too late, realize the signs at early stage yes. and try to walk away. Yes. If you're dating a man that's already isolating you and controlling you and insulting you on a daily basis, walk away. Yeah. You can't, it's easier to walk away then. And, and, and I'm not talking about a woman. It's, it's easier for a woman to walk away in that stage than a woman who's been with a man for three, four years, mm-hmm. has children with him, and she has nowhere to go and no help. Yeah. Obviously, it's harder. Yeah. Nope. It's, uh, it, 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 so here's what I want to get into. I mean, you've already put the what he will do to make everything hard. My issue with this, I mean, not issue, but saying what, I, what we encountered an issue as people that help. And it took me a while to understand why law enforcement is hesitant 
And it's not, everybody blames him. No, I don't think you should because we are, you and I have yeah. dealt with the recent one and me and you at the end were like, fuck this. This has really costed us and we're trying to do a good thing. I'm just trying to help. So think about it when it comes to law enforcement aspect. And here's where I'm trying to get at. So when the time comes for them to reach help, when shit hit the fan, of yeah. course, or let's say it's round one or two, because it, how many times they say? 34 yeah. times, yeah. It's not the first time. Uh, even what, seven attempts, they say? Yeah, usually it takes seven. Yeah. 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 And then, so people get involved and trying to help, and you see the law enforcement gets involved, and then suddenly, on the day of the court, she doesn't show up. Or they get back together. You're like, what just happened here? And what's crazy, they manipulate them to a way that she will turn against the people that she went to ask for help. Yeah. That's what so drives me crazy yeah. on the situation. And we're not sitting here blaming or attacking or that, but it's a two-way street. So we are here to help and educate, but you need to do the work. No, no, but, but here's, I think, what the point is. A lot of women cannot get out of a relationship that are abusive because they have no choice. They have no help. They ha they can't go to a woman's shelter and the shelter turns them down because they're un at capacity. Yes. And it takes six, seven attempts to finally be fed up and finally manage to put resources enough to transition. Yeah. If you're not working or you're working but you have no money saved up, you can't find a shelter, you, are, you think you're stuck, it takes a lot of strength. Oh, yeah. But once you reach out to help to an organization like us or call a woman's shelter yes. and they put their neck on the line and say, you know what, we will take care of all your problems. What are you worried about financially? Here's $3,000. Mm -hmm. You're worried about shelter? Here's a shelter immediately. Yes. What are you worried about? An attorney? Here's an attorney. What are you worried about? Job? Here's a job. What are you worried about? Counseling? Oh, yeah, there's This is what we do when that's, we help. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, there's psychiatrists that we can talk to. Yeah. Oh, by the way, here's a list of people who are willing to sit and talk to you and for therape therapeutic reasons. At this point, you don't, at this point, you removed all the doubt. Mm -hmm. At this point, we removed all the reasons because we understand that it's a hard step. It's a hard transition. Like the woman we helped, we understand it's not easy. She has mental issues. Mm -hmm. She's physically abused. She has no money. She has no resources. Yes. But what we did, and a lot of people might not know, we welcomed her in our houses. We filed yep. for, we went with her to the police station. Yes. We consulted with attorneys for her. Yes. Uh, when she didn't have to pay for it. Got her at least $3,000. Yep. Uh, said, okay, yeah, you want to, you want somewhere to stay? You can stay with us as long as you want. If you don't want to stay in a shelter. Oh yeah, we'll help you find furniture for your new house. Yep. We will help you with the, with, yeah, we, with the job. We are very, have known people in the community trust us of helping. We got offered. But then... But then, but then... On top of it off, we were, what, got threatened to get killed? Yeah, no, no, and, and, and at the same time, her, her husband yeah. is threatening to kill us and do all these things. Oh. And we're like, all right, fine, but we're still doing something good for the community. Yep. And Ivan was talking to a psychologist today, and she said, yes, it takes seven attempts because women are not finding resources. And I said, but what if somebody shows up and says, what is all your doubt? What is your issue? Mm -hmm. Let me fill every single point on this and help you with it. Yes. And that's exactly what we did. We didn't just say, here's a woman shelter, good luck. No. No, no. You offered a job. We offered money, furniture, legal, therapy, shelter, security, yes. um, everything. Yes. He, even diapers for her kid. Yeah. And said, okay, yeah, here's everything. We'll help you with the job. We'll help you with shelter. And at this point, if you're throwing it away, in my opinion, you're spitting on every single woman. 
yes. who's been abused, who wants to get out but cannot get the help. Because honestly, there's there's 20,000 women in Missouri that get turned away from shelters. We can't help 20,000 women. We don't have the resources to help 20,000 no, women. And neither do the shelters have the resources to help 20,000 mm-hmm. women. There are 60 organizations in Missouri that function to help domestically violated women or men, but they don't have the resources to help everybody. And a lot of times they're providing small percentage of help. They're saying, we'll help you with shelter, some legal assistant. So I think in my opinion, when somebody has the choice to have everything covered for them and they turn it down and go back to the abuser, they're spitting on every single woman who's been abused, who's been raped, who's been violated, who wishes that she would get the same chance and gets the help. Also, she's not just spitting. She's spitting on people like us that when she came and seeked our help, it almost became a turnoff for us. This was the worst month I had to deal with this while we had our own thing. I mean, we put our businesses on hold yep. for a week just to deal with this. We have attorney fees just because this maniac is going online threatening us and threatening everybody. We got family, we got kids, and we got this guy, you know, with all his background sitting there threatening and yapping about it. <laughs> and on top of it, we get attorneys so we can do our even restraining orders for our businesses, for our families and stuff. And then you want to go back to him? Well, why did you come to us? I mean, this is what this, it has to be a, a serious decision. And, and, and what puzzles me, and I'm going to be open and frank about it. How many times has it, I mean, we broke down the mental abuse and that, but literally any person, how many times are you going to take this? No, and I think I think exactly, and I would not have blamed her. No. Personally. But I do blame her now. Oh yeah, that's a different, in the beginning you don't, would, but after that, when you go back, no, after everything's been offered. Yeah, I would not have blamed her if she's like, okay, I have nowhere to go. Yes. Woman's shelter turned me down. I can't afford an attorney to file for domestic violence uh, or a restraining order, excuse me. I don't have an attorney fee to file for divorce. I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have a job. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you're stuck and you have to put up with it till you find help. But when somebody's putting their reputation, their job, their money and helping you, you're taken away from somebody else that could use that. Because mm-hmm. the time that you took from us, the resources you took from us, mm-hmm. somebody else who is ready to get out of a violated relationship yes. could have used it and made a positive return for it. Yeah. So, uh, people who are, I've talked to multiple women recently who've been violated and they said, I wish, I wish. And one of them, you know, by the way, you know that you know the person I'm talking about. Okay, I'm listening. Yeah, she said, I wish I had the help that you guys offer to this person. Mm-hmm. I wish I, when I was leaving my husband, I had somebody to say, here's shelter, here's money, yeah. here's resources, here's job, here's attorneys, here's here's therapy, here's everything. We'll take care for you. Mm-hmm. I wish I had that. A majority of women who are listening, who have been victims of this, never get this help. No. And never even get this help. They might get end up going to somebody's house or end up in a shelter, struggling financially, yep. struggling mentally. Usually people don't get quote unquote that lucky to say, here's a package deal, we'll help you. And honestly, when you do that, not only one, you're spitting on people that could use the help, but you're discouraging people like us because how many times am I, uh, am I gonna go to an organization and say, hey, I'm putting my reputation on the line. I need you to help this woman, write a check to this woman to help her out. I know. 
And then, and a week from now, they find that she's went back to them. Oh yeah, it was like a spit in my eye. I mean, can I, 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 I ask the same favor? Remember how many people came to us in the beginning when we were doing this? And why we use this as an example? Because this was the latest episode. We've helped a lot in the past. This was just the latest, most recent. But. When I got in and I called people, I was like, some people was like, man, I wouldn't be involved in that mess. I'm like, what do you mean? I got a woman and a child that showed up on my front porch. What are you talking about? Yeah, she approached us. Yeah, so we got to help. But now I understood some of them. After then, I told them the results. Like, what did I tell you? That is discouraging because it's it a is very discouraging. Issue. It's a serious issue. There are victims. There are people getting killed, literally, yeah. by their intimate partner. And they're going to people saying, help me. And people don't want to help. Yeah, because of because of bad examples yeah. like that, and I think it's taken away from help. Because honestly, even for us, how many times am I going to be able to go to certain organizations or people and say, "Help me help this woman"? Yes, and they look at me and say, "Well, the last two, three, four times we helped you, and you took and the, didn't end up helping. Mm -hmm. She went back with him and gave him the money and said, here, let's go fucking do drugs with it, or let's do celebrate things, or let's buy steroids <laughs> with it, or let's do buy a gun for it. What are why are we helping her? Why are we giving money to an abuser? So it takes away from people willing to help yeah and and it takes away every time you're doing this either you're faking it or you're not fully committed to leave when you have all the resources the key word is having all the resources then you're taking away from somebody that could use the help well in that and it's just like going back to the point it's just like a slap it's like how are we gonna talk like you said go into the organization i go back to my students and academy it's like one of my students literally is having a newborn this is their first child he went out of his way him and his wife gave me money yep. and clothing to give to this person. Now when they ask me, what happened to so-and-so? I was like, well, it's back with our husband. You should see the look on his face. Yeah. I was even sad to even, I was so sad and angry even to mention it. I'm like, my God, how am I gonna tell the people? No, exactly, because people were helping her because of us. They didn't know who she is. Yes. Like our tattoo artist didn't even know who she is. Yeah. He said, okay, here's 100 bucks. Yeah, yeah. He didn't, he didn't even know who she is. He didn't know her name. He's like, oh yeah, you guys are helping somebody? Here's 100 bucks. That's from my it. shop, uh, the Latino Police Officer Association. They didn't even ask who she is. They're like, oh yeah, a woman needs help? Yep. Here's 500 bucks. Yep. Uh, and students donated, and we raised so much money. You opened your personal checkbook. Yep. I remember that. You don't want to talk about it. I see the look on your face. Yep. You opened your personal checkbook, and you wrote a check for a significant amount. I know. And how many times can you do that? And I'm not saying, and I've seen that a lot, and I talk to people. They, well, I, wait, I don't want the, the crowd need to understand. We're not sitting here bragging about what we do. We're telling you, if if you are gonna go through something like this, just do understand. If you seek help, you gotta be definite about this because you're gonna discourage people that do this. We have we're sharing our experience because this is what I find some foundations give up. Yeah. Like there's organization like. We're not going to deal with this mess. Let them go to a shelter or something like yeah. that. So, no, no, because the resources are, are very limited. Very limited. Very, very limited. Yep. Extremely limited. Mm -hmm. And it's a problem that is significantly big. Yes. So if you're seeking help and you have everything provided for you, make sure that you're seeking help. And you're every time you're calling the hotline, Yeah. every time you're showing up to a shelter, every time you're calling an attorney, every time you're calling an organization, ask them for help, you're taking another person's spot. Yes. That could use the help. Yeah. There is there is no enough room for everybody. So when you're talking on the, the phone with the, the the shelter and they say, yes, we're going to provide you shelter and we'll provide you these resources. Guess what? You're taking away from somebody else. And then you turn around and go back to the person. You just took away your chance from a person mm -hmm. that literally, very possibly, could end up being a victim 
of a suicide murder case. Yeah. While you're using these resources and then go back to the person, you prevented another person from getting the same help that you got yourself, mm-hmm. and they might end up getting killed. They might end up getting significantly hurt. Their child might end up getting severely damaged mentally, and you're taken away from it. So it's a limited resources, and if you're not ready to leave, then don't leave when you seek help. And I understand, and I, and I made this point yesterday to somebody on Facebook. It says, well, it takes a lot of attempts. Takes a lot of attempts, usually, because people don't have the complete package. Yes, I'm not. I'm not blaming that person. At no point would I blame that person. And I don't think you're blaming that person. No, we're not. We're saying, okay, yeah. If you if you're trying to leave, and all of a sudden you find out that you have no resources, then I don't blame you for taking six, seven attempts. But when somebody is giving you the entire complete package, then you literally think about it. You're taking away from somebody else. Yeah. The money we gave to this person, the time we gave to this person, the resources we provided to this person, we can have gave it at the same time to somebody else because we have limited resources. Yeah. Somebody else that have could have used it better and prevented further abuse to themselves or their children. Yeah. And that's the problem that we're talking about. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, we're sharing this experience because it's almost us begging in a way, hey, you need help, just stick, you know, make sure you just be serious. It, I know it takes time, but if you get all these offered, man, don't let that chance go because you took somebody else's chance. Yeah. Um, though, I want to touch on a little bit of our experience when it comes to, and it made me do feel how these women feel when they seek help from law enforcement. Again, I am not blaming all law enforcement, but there's idiots everywhere. And this incident we had with this guy, oh my God. So we went to the police station, me and Omar, with the lady. And because we're all, we're threats for this and we want to make sure that she will be okay. And this guy's mouthing off like a maniac online. He wants to kill us, blah, 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 whatever. Okay. We took the threat serious. We walked into the police station. The dude at the desk, which usually... It's not every time anybody that educated enough, like the guys that are out on the street going through hell. So I really forgot what was his position because one of the officers later told us when he found out how he even screwed up. He was in the academy and had an injury. Yeah, so he's on the desk, yeah. Yeah. So this jackass, and I will continue calling him a jackass. Actually, I hope they fire him because I'm finally going to file a complaint of what he did to us. He literally looked at me and Omar and sized this. I I mean, look at us, I know. Omar was like, big and he has tats he works out you look at me i don't look like somebody i'm shaking so we came in and we're like hey we're here we said we're filing a report yeah about a threat and he looked at us <laughs> and like almost laughed in our face yeah he kind of stared at you i remember you had a look you looked at him he's like yeah. what do you, what sir do you i'm here to and he's like you <laughs> yeah he's like we don't we don't do that <laughs> what do you mean you don't do that this is the police station last time i checked yeah well you take threats you yeah. take a report of a threat Oh, what did the person threaten you? In a video that has said, I'll kill you and murder you and do these things. And he's trying to teach us the law, remember? And he's like, oh, no, this and that. You have to have three. And he starts stating the law about stand your stand your ground, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Stand your ground. You have to have, if I threaten you. Little that he doesn't yeah. know our degrees. Yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, the person, if he threatens you, he has to be within a reasonable distance. Yeah. yeah if I'm going to shoot the person, he has to be at a reasonable distance. You can't threaten me online mm-hmm. when you're in, Missouri, in, in Kansas, six mile, 100 miles away. You, If you threaten me across 
across the room, then yes, I have a reason to defend myself. Yeah. And he starts stating that, well, well, he's not a reasonable distance of you guys. And it's not an immediate threat. No, 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 that's, that's bullshit. You're standing, you're stating two different laws. And he insisted to not Yeah, yeah, he was. So we got irritated. Oh my God, man, it's like, I need to talk to your boss, your supervisor. Suddenly that when the other dude beside him jumped in, it's like, all right, we got to fill this up for you. So we thought he filled the report, took our information, her information. And I had to go vent to one of my uh, friends and he works also with me, he's a police officer. And I told him, dude, why is this so shit? He's like, what's going on? And I said, he's like, um, let me check on this. So he found out from his own supervisor, this dude threw our report to the site, like a miscellaneous. He find it, yeah, it's miscellaneous. Yeah, yeah. can you believe that? Yeah. So if we weren't there helping her, and this woman's got somebody, or somebody's coming to kill us? Yeah. no. Tough luck. Nobody no, would exactly. There's no report. There was no nothing. Even going to the court, it was an experience. Like nobody wanted to help us. We walked into the domestic violence. <laughs> I mean, every ever look, I was like, yeah, those still look like they beat the shit out of their woman. That's the first look yeah, that we, we got. We were getting the looks in line. Yeah, and I'm like standing. It's like, why do people look at us like this? What the fuck did we do? So we go in and we tell the lady we're filing a uh, the what is it? Uh, uh, restraining order. Yeah. She looked at us. She's like, you guys need a restraining order from who? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ma'am. Just follow the damn restraining order. <laughs> this, we're filing for our businesses and all that. Really? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so we fill it up. Of course, I guess they claim we fucked it up. So I was like, you know what? Screw this. I had to go get an attorney yeah. to do this. So it was like 1500 out of our pocket yeah. for something just for this. And it gets better. So, and I'm not going to talk about the lady and all this kids. So I'm just talking about the process. So investigators later got it. Uh, well, how did investigators get involved? Till you had to. Yeah, I had to call some people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, then they'll be like, oh, shit, it's so-and-so, and this is yeah. what he's doing? Yeah, we've been... No, no, so, so exactly to that point, I am a law enforcement instructor, and I know a lot of these cops. Yeah. And I had to pull favors. But a regular person who doesn't know cops will not be able to call a detective and say, hey, pull this report for me. They wouldn't be able to Man. And I literally had to call favors, and I had to start calling random people. Hey, I'm so-and-so, you know me exactly, I was helping you with this and that. I need you to do me a favor. Look at this report. Yeah. What report? We don't have a report. Well, the other thing they don't even know, he threatened a police officer. Yeah, he did. The officer works with us. Yeah, he threatened With me cop. and my academy. Oh, what report? What did yeah. you guys talk about? There's no report. Oh, no, no, we did. Oh, no, it's, uh, it's filed as miscellaneous. Yep. What do you mean miscellaneous? Yep. And the, the, that's the level of help. But I mean, even, even talking about domestic uh, violence and restraining orders, I was looking at st- a number in the U.S. Mm. 25% of people that get a restraining order, 25%. One four of people who get a restraining order end up either killed or attempted murder within the first week of them getting a restraining order. Man. So, I mean, it's a piece of paper <clears throat> and, and you're expecting the law to help and people get restraining orders and they either get somebody trying to physically kill them or end up actually dying within the first week. I've heard training. Yeah, I mean, let's let's be honest. If the person wants to kill you, he's gonna kill you. Yeah, I don't give not, a this paper or whatever. Yeah, 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 it's not. It's a piece of paper. Like, okay, he's gonna kill you. He's he's doing a felony class A. Yeah. He's not gonna care about a piece of paper saying, oh, it's illegal to be within six hundred feet of this person. No. No, it's not. Yeah. And I mean, just the process. And to get it better, we went to court the day of the hearing, and then that continued. Then we went, and he never showed up. I remember the judge even sized you. Yeah, like she I leaned was, over. She leaned over, looked at you from head to toe, and I'm like, oh my god, again. And it wasn't like everybody's like, oh, maybe it's prejudice. No, 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 no. It's not anything related with race or skin. It's just 
a big guy. And she looked at him, she's like, so if I don't give this one, do you feel safe or not safe? Yeah, she looked at us and she's like, these two are in their training order? Yeah, no. <laughs> so then after I listed, you listed the facts and I was like, your honor, this is the background. This is who we threatened. And she's like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is no joke. So, I mean, that's behind us. So, but so going back to the whole thing, um, we covered about signs and stuff. And here's the thing is, ladies, I'm going to speak when it comes to the self-defense. Uh, I mean, Omar has his PhD. He's Mr. Intellectual. I like to beat shit up. But no, I'm also smart in my own ways. But here's what I have a problem with as a self-defense instructor. Over the years, people come to me asking me how to train somebody to defend themselves from their abuser. Well, here's one thing I need to tell you, though. You will need training, that's fine, but why are you in there still staying? And it's just, it, it, first of all, that kind of confuses me when You're I get better off to, leaving. That's if the, somebody comes to me, okay, let me retract a bit. Some of them come, I had a, a violent history uh, from my ex and did, did this. I, that's a lot of yep. my students, but one of us, uh, actually, she's a higher rank. She's going to be speaking in this yep. about how she came to me, ran away, and how she made her life together. That guy, I'll tell you a story later. I'm going to use her story about what he's trying to do, even training with me. So they'll come to me. She had a history, blah, blah, blah. Yes, I'll train you, of course, because she doesn't want to be back in that situation. And she doesn't know if he's coming back because some of them want to come back and beat her up. Is that coming in a relationship? I am yeah. coming for you, especially if she reported him in the cops. Yeah. That's fine. What weird to me is, can you do some weapon training or that for in case <laughs> something happened? I was like, hold on a second here. What intimate partner you going to be with? So I'm going to be trained just in case of this. You should not be in that relationship. No. In the beginning. So let me clear the air. If you started a relationship, just start. Yeah. And you feel you need self-defense training because of the relationship, yeah. uh, you need to, you you need need to get the hell out. Yeah. Start, we talked about the signs. Realize the signs, get out. Yeah. It's early enough where you can get out. Yeah. And we live in a time... There's a lot of, it's easy to get educated. You just go online. Back in the time, it was hard. Who the exactly. hell did you talk to? Exactly. Now you just pull your phone and just Google it and you see things and you read articles. And so me coming self-defense aspect, training, yes, is very important. I say I play a big role in a lot of people, the survivors of the domestic violence. It's, it's the before, the before, I never met somebody that's anticipating this. So they're training. And then something happens, all right, that's a different yeah. case. But a lot of them, the survivors come and you see the change and you see, I mean, a lot of the women we have are coming from that background. Yeah. I can count on my hand how many women walked in that academy just wants to train self-defense because she thinks she wants it. A lot of them come because of a prior experience, by the way. And it's empowering to know that you can defend yourself if yes. that ever happens again. Of course. So, and I feel like a lot of the women in our academy, they're like, okay, I've been abused. I left the relationship, but I might have fear of, oh, yes. shit, this might happen again. So let me train to make sure that this will never happen again. Or overcome that fear. And overcome that fear. And yep. it's a great tool. Yep. But it's like, I remember in April when I, I insulted somebody, I guess, yeah. about the weapons she was selling. Um, the, the, the pepper spray. Pepper spray. Yeah, like I, I remember we were doing this seminar about sexual abuse and intimate partners. Most, most people who get raped are getting raped by their intimate partner. 
It's not like they're getting raped in an alley. Most people know they're rapists. And she was talking about, oh, yeah, when it's, we're talking about specifically domestic violence. So let's put that there. Yeah, yeah. We were not talking about the random rape stuff. Yeah, That's no, different. We're talking oh, yeah. about that. No, no. And then she, that this, this woman shows up and she's talking about, oh, yeah, let us let me sell you pepper spray. And I showed up and I said, okay, I'm going to talk about weapons. And I, I, I got pepper sprayed myself, volunteered for it. I saw that video. To prove a point. I, yeah. I literally got pepper spray to prove a point. I was like, first of all, pepper spray is not effective. Mm-mm. Not effective at all. And I'm going to prove it. I'm going to get pepper sprayed by the strongest pepper spray on the market. And I'm still going to attack the person. Yeah. And I proved it. And then I showed up and I was like, hold on a second. What person? The numbers say when there's a weapon involved in the house in a domestic violence, it's more likely to be used. People are more willing to likely to pull a gun and pull the trigger than pull a knife and stab the person to death. Mm-hmm. A gun is easier. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have that emotional reaction. So a lot of people, when there's a gun involved, it makes things worse, actually. Mm-hmm. And I was like, second of all, so giving a woman who's like, oh, yeah, I'm a gun guy. I run a gun training company. But I'm not going to tell a woman who's like, oh, yeah, you're a domestic violated. Stay in that relationship. Here's a gun. No, most likely, first of all, it's going to be used against you. Second of all, what kind of fucking relationship you're going to walk around the house with a gun? Anticipating, oh, please keep three feet away from me. I'm going to pull my gun if you come close. He's your intimate partner. Mm -hmm. He's not somebody breaking into your house. He sleeps with the same bed with you or the same room or the same fucking roof. How is that going to work? And then this woman is like, oh, sell pepper sprays and tasers. So a woman is going to be standing in the kitchen or standing watching TV or working in her office and she's going to have the taser in her hand ready to go. If he comes within two feet, she doesn't know if he's going to kiss her, touch her or fucking or, or, or is going to hit her. Yeah. How is that going to work? Yeah. I don't understand that mentality because it's an ignorant mentality. First of all, these, these weapons most of the time don't work. I mean, even police tasers don't work. A lot uh, of times. Did you see that video of that dude getting so many times tased and he was clobbering yeah. the cops left and right? And then and then the, the, the civilian tasers, you have to get really close to them yes. to tase a person. If you're close to me to tase me, then I'm close to hit you mm-hmm. back or take the taser away from you. And in, in domestic situations where it's an intimate partner, what kind of fucked up relationship do you have where you're walking around the house with a pepper spray in your head? Uh, please stay away three feet, sir. Please back up, back up. Like, how is that going to work? It's not going to work. It's not. So how is... How is weapons going to help you? Mm-hmm. It's just selling bullshit products. And she got insulted that I said that. I yeah. Said, First of all, it doesn't work. And second of all, it's never going to work anyway with pepper spray. Majority of women walking around with pepper spray, including the person who I did the video with, my girlfriend, she had a pepper spray and she threw it in the trash. She's like, oh yeah, my dad gave me pepper spray when I went to college. Said this, here, here you go. Here's a pepper spray. And then she tried it on me and she's like, oh, that didn't fucking work as I expected. Mm-hmm. I was remember you picked yeah. her up and stuffed her in the car and she yeah. was fighting. Your girlfriend is strong too. Yeah, she's a lifter and she's a strong woman. Yeah. And she she, she couldn't. Like, she was like, oh, I didn't expect that outcome. Mm-hmm. Oh, Taser's just going to be much different. No, it's not. So what are you talking about? So that's why, like, uh, I think the same thing goes with self-defense, domestic, whatever. Best best tools, avoidance. Yes. You know? I mean, it, it, the thing is, the when we, especially when I talk, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking my experience of when, to me, in my, what I do for a living, they come to me the after the fact. Yeah. Which is a lot. And a lot of my uh, clientele when it comes to women. So I'm, I'm, I'm always helping them because a couple of things is here. First of all, mentality. Mentally, they're hurt man this is damage yeah. I mean think about it like we were discussing something you assholes and I'm talking about these men that abuse women this woman gave you her heart she gave you into when a woman accepts you intimately she gave a lot to give you in yeah, yeah. so there's a violation right there but she got violated that trust that hurts man so you got that then the abuse on top of it so honestly man 
just to work with them is a process. Yeah. Then to get them physically ready. I mean, I know anytime when I do strangles, you will know who went through it or not because you see that look and the freeze on her face. Yeah. So it's tough. It's really tough. We're never saying it's easy. So uh, when we're doing this, and especially the seminar, because this is the first one uh, I've uh, ever done in October, especially just to them, but we've done others, but we're really trying to hope with the early signals. The late phases, you know, it just how now it's you're in it, and your option is to get out. But the early signs are more important. It's just like when I teach them about self defense, I said awareness is important. If I am walking around dicking on my phone the whole time in a corner in Westport, and suddenly I get KO'd, well, what am I doing? I mean, just keep your eyes open and watch. It's the same with this man. They have signs like you. We'll go over them again so we can remind our, 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 our audience. But uh, there's one sign in particular you'll notice in all of them. Forget the Mr. Casanova and Smooth in the beginning. There is signs of anger. It is, yeah. There's something always gets a little bit and it gets a lo- And usually alcohol get blamed. <laughs> my prescription medication. PTSD. My PTSD. Yeah, of course. My things like that. No, no, yeah. no, no. There's no justification. No, there's thousands of people with like PTSD that don't beat their woman. Yeah. That's not a reason. This bugs the hell out of yeah. me when they blame their PTSD for beating the shit out of their woman or, or head trauma. Hold on. I have five concussions. No. I l- medically have brain trauma. I remember a time, and I will be honest about it. Trust me, rage will sink in in anger, but I'm disciplined enough to train. But I also recognize there's something wrong here yeah. with me. I was losing my fuses. I was getting really feisty. I was getting enough, but I knew there was something not normal. And when the doctor told me, so guess what? I had to seek help. I had to learn how to reorganize myself. There'll be days you guys know me. I shut down. Nobody hears from me. Text me. Are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. Because I'm already, my head's not there, right? I disconnect. Even my closest loved ones, they know it's a time. Let him get himself together. But what irritates the shit out of me is there's a woman given a given Uh, these guys excuses yeah he suffers PTSD he has head trauma so because he has PTSD and some brain damage it's okay for him to plunge your head to the floor like that there's no reason for it I I, I can't understand this and and I see these women feel bad for them and of course they're they're the best best way get out of it these guys I'm gonna kill myself Well, go off yourself, go man. Go off yourself. If you're abusing women, please do ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm, ladies and gentlemen, sure everybody's going to oh, you're going to be, somebody's going to get triggered now. It's like you're making fun of people committing suicide. Oh, hold on a second. We're talking about these guys, and it's so common, especially with the last one we have, yeah. that they will play the game when shit hit the fan, I'm going to kill myself. Well, if to, you're beating to, your to woman, yeah. beating your woman and child, I hope you do. No, it is. And, and here's the thing. I, I want to say two points before I forget it. First of all, we're not victim shaming. No. When we're talking about the signs, I'm not saying it's your fault. And I feel like society is doing a very bad job, even linguistically, to blame victims. Yes. When we talk about domestic violence survivors, a lot of times we're removing the actor. What I mean by that is like, let's say John beated Rachel. Mm-hmm. When we talk about that, that sentence that says, uh, John beated Rachel, I tell you, hey, man, John beated his wife, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Two, three da- people down the line, the sentence gets translated to Rachel was beat. Now we're removing the actor, the asshole who actually did the beating. We're mm-hmm. removing him from the sentence. So he's, we're removing the actual aggressor mm-hmm. out of the sentence. And a lot of times when we talk about things like that, society removes the aggressor. They, when we talk about rape, they don't mention the rapist, even news stories. A woman was raped. 
but they don't put the aggressor. Yeah. Why are we not putting the aggressor? No, no, no. Yeah. Let's mention the aggressor by name and make it clear who the fucking asshole is. Let's do that. So we're not talking about victim shaming, but what we're saying is, if you understand the signs, you can easier get out of it. It doesn't mean it's your fault if you didn't know the signs and you end up blindsided by a relationship and a year from now, you're being abused. You didn't know. Yep. And it's not your fault. At no point, it's your fault. But if you educate yourself, you can prevent it. It's the same thing. If I educate myself to understand situational awareness, I would prevent myself from getting mugged. It doesn't mean if I get mugged, it's my fault. It's no, my no, fault. no, no. It's not. I wasn't aware how to prevent it, but it helps prevention. It's like putting a seatbelt in a car. If I put my seatbelt, it prevents me from dying. But if I die in a car accident, I'm not going to say, well, it's my fault because I didn't have a seatbelt. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're not saying that, but it helps. So understanding the signs and understanding the control, which I'm going to mention again so people can like pay attention. That's a very, very important part of this. Control, control, control. Yes. Isolation, financial control, physical control, uh, talking. The whole, you know, the beating and all that, that's kind of late stages. That's the latest stage. That's when they conquered everything. See, this is what exactly, when Omar keeps talking about control, control, isolation, those two are the most. The most. And it's usually physical control, yep. financial control, controlling uh, what you, where you're going to go, who you're going to hang out with, yeah. who you're going to be friends with, if you're going to train, if you're going to work out, if you're not going to work out, what you're going to wear, mm -hmm. blaming you for things. Like I noticed a trend, and here's the difference. I noticed a trend among abusers. A woman goes to a bar, you know, and a man hits on her. Let's say a man hits on a woman. Whose fault is it in this case? It's not the woman's fault. No. She was sitting at a bar and a guy came and hit on her. The normal person, if my girlfriend tells me I was in a bar with my friend, my friends were having dinner, a girl's night out, and a guy came and hit on me, I'm like, okay, cool, so what happened afterwards? That's a normal reaction. But usually abusers will say it's your fault. Oh, Because yeah. you're the slut that went to a bar. Mm -hmm. It's your fault because you were dressed as slutty. No, 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 it's nobody's fault. Maybe the guy didn't even know she was dating somebody and it was an honest mistake, but they put the blame on the woman. Everything is the woman's fault. Everything is her fault. Everything is her fault. And we're not saying it's your fault, but saying understand these signs. And if you feel like you're getting controlled in a relationship, you're getting isolated, you're getting financially controlled, you're getting physically controlled, then get out. Get out while it's still early and prevent hitting the final stage of getting beat. And here's the thing. And a lot of people, not like we already mentioned it, there is no type for abusers and there's no type for uh, victims. You can be strong, you can be educated, you can be smart, you can be fat, ugly, short, beautiful, you can be a model, you can be a Victoria's Secret model who was, you know, 10 over 10, who are men are dying There's today. no discrimination there's in this. There's no discrimination. They don't discriminate. They don't discriminate. No. There's no discrimination. This happens all over the world. Yeah, there's, yeah. it happens all over the world to all religions. Yes. It happens to Muslims, Christians, it's Jews, no, Buddhists. Uh, there's atheists. no discrimination there's no discrimination. Uh, they'll go at it, man. It happens to gay, to straight, to yes. uh, transgenders. Happens to every single yes, person. There's absolutely. no no type. No. So we're not victim shaming. We're educating so you can prevent it. If you're listening, you can help yourself and say, okay, I can prevent this. Or if I know a person who is my friend and all of a sudden she's getting controlled, I can help with that. Yes. And honestly, it can happen to anybody. It happened to men too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was in a relationship last year, and you saw it, yeah. where the woman started trying to do these things to control me. She, When I tried to break up with her, she would say I would kill myself. Uh -huh. And I felt bad. I was like, oh, shit, maybe she was serious about it. And then I started realizing the trends. 
And I'm a smart person who understands these things, and I started realizing. But you still got sucked into it, didn't you? Remember? Yeah, and I got sucked into it. And a person might look at me and not say, oh, you've been violated or or, uh, abused. No, No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it was the early stages where she started controlling me and making me feel bad. Oh, man, I killed myself. And she's the only one there for you, by the way. I'm the only only person who's going to be there for Mm -hmm. you. Nobody else will be there for you but me. But, oh, by the way, I'm going to get you in shit in the first place. Yes. And then I'm going to be there to support you and say, oh, by the way, you see the fire that just happened? I'm the only one by your side. Don't worry that I just started this fire. Mm-hmm. Nobody will ever date you. Nobody ever wants to be with you. Oh, by the way, I'm going to make sure that you're financially fucked. I'm going to make you spend every single dime you have on stupid things, attorneys and, and defending your reputation and stuff like that. But I'm the only person. And it's stuff like that. It's control. Start isolation. Oh, you, you, I'm going to go trip you. You want to go train? Guess what? It's my mother's birthday. Oh, you want to go on a trip? Guess what? I was planning to have a special dinner somewhere. And it's all these bullshit things. Yeah. Oh, you want to go out with your friends? Oh, shit. I took the night off to spend it with you. Mm-hmm. And it's guilt tripping and controlling a person to where even me, I fell for it. Till I was like, no, no, no. I'm falling for this too much. Oh, when I tried to break up, I'm going to kill myself. Right. And it's gonna, my blood is going to be on your hands. And you won't do it. They'll say, let's go no, do no. it. And it's just to control and guilt trip the person. Yeah. And it, even me, I had to go through that. And I was depressed last year. You saw how fucking sad yeah. I looked. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Enough is enough. Time to get out. Yes. And so I think I think what we're trying to say here, the, the three major points we're trying to say, realize the early stages. Ladies, men, realize the early stages. Try to prevent it. Preventing Prevention is better than dealing with it. Mm-hmm. It's better to prevent a fire than put a fire. It's better to avoid a car accident than be in a car accident. So avoidance is the key. Mm-hmm. Second of all, understand that there is no type for victims. There is no type for aggressors. So stop this fucking attitude. The guy who's going to beat you is going to show up looking at a certain way, a certain color, a certain type. And avoid saying, oh, this will never happen to me. No person ever who been in a crime, whether they got mugged, Robbed, raped, killed, whatever is gonna say. Oh no, I was I was expecting that. Yeah, I've never seen a person that says, you know what, I was expecting to get mugged tonight. No, they always say, I've never thought this will ever happen to me, mm-hmm. and it happens to them. So stop this bullshit that it's never gonna happen to me. And third, when you find the help, remember there's limited resources. So if you find the help and you decide to take it. Take the help and walk away. Don't look back. Don't look back because you're taking away from somebody else's spot in that line and, and that help. And the other one, a point I want to add to that, which is very common to hear it, I deserve that. No. No, no one anything. on earth deserves to be treated like that. No, nobody deserves Ever. that. Nobody. Ever. Nobody should lay a hand on you. Nobody should be dis- insulting you this way, violating you this way. No one. So... Um, I want to uh, voice out a couple of things. So we speak about the before and ending. So what do you do after? Let's say you moved on with you. We want to move on with your life, right? Here's a couple of things that, that I think is important. First of all, I want to share, um, if you want to seek help, I want to point out our partner, um, Rose Brooks. This is the women's shelter. I am a big supporter of them for the past five years since I've been in business here. And... You're talking about people that really, uh, they provide almost 57,000 safe nights a year for individual and pets. Can you believe this? No, I actually love that the fact that they take the person and their pet. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Yep, and babies and everything. Yeah. And they take they're not just taking, they're like, oh no, not just you and your human. We'll no, your pets too. And, and they do that and they do an amazing job at that. And the if everybody hears me when I, every time I promote them, so I talk about them because they literally, I mean, these women would come in 
They got thrown out with their dogs. They got thrown out with their child. They got thrown everything. Yeah, with no money. So no what? Money. I'm gonna throw my pet to suck my like a child to you? Yeah. Where's this pet, uh, dog or cat gonna go? Yeah, exactly. Or whatever, you know. So, please, if you're into looking for help, check them out. It's rosebrooks.org. Uh, we're gonna put it out uh, later. Gonna type it up. Yeah. Yes. And if there's an emergency, of course we can. You have to call nine one one. But their crisis hotline is and this is for the kansas city area here metro area everywhere here kansas city missouri please call them at 816-861-6100 again it's 816-861-6100 and mention to them if you need help or you heard about them on our podcast all that because they know we're pushing um, this agenda so i want to touch on a couple of things the after now so you decided to get out of this you got successful to get out of this do understand don't destroy your life future-wise moving on. I'm never going to trust another man on that. But there's a couple of things you need to do. First of all, you need mental help. You do. You have to get to counseling. It, trust me. This is a lot of people that don't do. And that terror still there. Second, in my opinion, as a self-defense instructor, find a legit self-defense training. Find it. It will help you. When you're physically conquered things, strong mentally, you'll see the change in you. That it mentally helps you? Physically helps you, yes. gives you confidence, yes. gives you mental strength. Yeah. Well, place it's like you had enough. It's just that movie Jennifer Lopez yeah. did, and enough. That was the first time they put Krav Maga yeah. on a movie, and she ran away. I mean, yeah, she came back and beat the shit out of the guy, which I was happy about, but <laughs> I'm not encouraging people <laughs> to do that. But did you see the process and how the training changed? Yeah. I've seen it in my students. I've seen it. No, it definitely helps. You're A lot of people who are surviving this have mental trauma. So mental health obviously is key, but having a way to transition and say, I have confidence that I'll protect myself if I ever end up in a situation like that. Mm -hmm. It helps mentally and mental strength is mm -hmm. key to survivors of similar cases. Yes. So it's, it's, it's important to find mental help. And a lot of people who move on do, in my opinion, do things where they wait physically to heal for the bruises to go away and say things I will never date or jump in a relationship without addressing the mental bruises yes. that we can't see and addressing these things. And, and, and you mentioned a good point that says, oh, if I'm a man or a woman, I will never date a person again because I had that experience. You know what, Philos? When I wake up one day and I have a flat tire, you know what I do? Fix the goddamn flat tire. Yeah. I don't go slash the other three tires. <laughs> I don't be like, you know what? I have a flat tire. I'm going to burn the car down. Yeah. You have your entire future. You have your entire life. I had a bad relationship. You had a bad relationship. Yeah. We all have bad relationships. And you say, you know what? I'm going to heal mentally, change my ways, and move on. Let me touch on that before you see. That's a good point. Heal mentally. Here's another advice. Don't jump in a relationship immediately. This is a mistake. I've seen it. We do it. We break yeah. up. I was like, fuck it. And then you find somebody, don't take that person and involve them in your life like that and hurt them and hurt you because you are not ready. You are not ready. Take time to, neighbors like, they hate this word, find yourself. I do because I had people that just said, I'm going to find myself and walked off. And I'm like, really? But when I say find yourself, learn who you are. Relearn who you are. Redo who you are. Start taking the steps of getting better. Man, woman, take a year off or something. Take no, your time. Exactly. To, to start uh, working. Focus. Redo. Jumping back in a relationship. First of all, I think it's selfish because first of all, you are hiding uh, the damages and all that, and you're gonna dump it on somebody else. Why I call it selfish? Was that other person deserves this? No, no. I or maybe you go back to the same trade. By the way, that's the danger. You gotta go back because you're familiar. 
with that. With that trait, so you go back to it. No, and I think I'll think a lot of times people date similar types. Yes. One of them date cheaters in a row. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I don't, end, I don't understand why I end up with cheaters. We but guys do that stupid shit too. We do the same thing. Yeah. And but uh, but a lot of times, if you're not happy on the inside or if you have mental damage, don't just pursue a relationship. The person you're dating is not a psychology or a psychologist or a mental help. And it's and find, second of all, finding happiness internally mm-hmm. does not mean internal uh, internal. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, finding external happiness does yeah. not translate to internal happiness. No. You date a person, and I've I've seen a lot of women say that. Uh, women who are not even abused. They say, oh, I'm, I'm not happy. I have de- I'm depressed on the inside. So I'm going to date this guy. He makes me happy. No, no, no. A guy should not make you happy. You should find your own damn happiness. Because honestly, a guy, okay, you're ha- this guy makes you happy when you hang out with him. So what happens when he goes to work? What happens when he's sleeping? What happens if he has to go see a friend? Now you're reliant. Oh, I'm depressed unless I'm hanging out with this guy. And you're putting such a big responsibility on another person. You should find your own happiness before you ask another person to make you happy. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about yesterday, yeah. when we were having dinner, a person you should need, you shouldn't need a person, you should want a person. Mm-hmm. And if you're not finding your inner happiness and you're going to date a person because you think they're going to make you happy, then you're wanting, you're not wanting them, you're needing them. Yeah. And now you're needy, and the relationship is not going to work because you're you're ultimately in happiness or mental issues that you have is going to surface the relationship and bring you down and cause issues. So it's better to find the mental help. Seek help. Women's shelters provide help. Talk to a friend. Talk to a psychologist. Find yourself truly who you are and change your ways and find somebody that will make you happy after you find your own happiness. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key. Yeah, this is the key. And um, also, we have as we're speaking to this to our audience. Okay, another thing I'm talking. I spoke about Rose Brooks for help. Also, if you want to come seeking self defense training after, if you went through this, um, come to Warriors Academy. You can check our information. Also, Omar is offering, uh, you know, with Warrior Tactical Training, all about the guns and uh, you know, so you can learn how to handle a firearm. It is not our go to answer, but no, I as well. I carry a firearm. Yeah, I mean, I'm a black belt and I do this. There's times I need. No, no, and here's the clarification. A lot of times when we're talking about firearms, I'm a big advocate for saying if you're a woman, you've been abused, and you left, then yes, get your firearm and get trained because it will give you confidence. Because honestly, if you start training, you're not going to be familiar with defending yourself within a week. Nope. It's going to be months. So you want an ultimate thing because the restraining order is not going to protect you. Yeah. So getting a weapon and you're familiar, the key is familiar with the weapon usage Mm. is going to help you be safer, feel safer and be safer. As you're growing up in your training. As you grow up in your training. Yep. But it's not the ultimate key to everything. But you know what? If you've been if you've been raped or assaulted oh, or something like that, and you're coming out and you're like, oh shit, the person might come after me, then yes, go get a gun. You don't need a permit in Missouri. Come do training, and then that will help you. And I did that with a girl in case in Colombia, by the way. Mm-hmm. She wanted help, and I said, okay, we don't even have a class for two weeks. And she told me why she wanted it. I said, I'll come to Colombia. We'll train you. We did a private class. And but the ultimate thing was, okay, yeah, we'll familiarize you. We'll give you as much training as possible. That way you have a second option besides our training order. Mm-hmm. And then obviously do a training because the training is going to help you more than just, you know, having a weapon. Yeah. 
I think that's important. No, that is. And uh, 100%, I am very, very encouraging everybody. That also, we have an event on Saturday. This event, this is why we're doing this podcast as well. Um, it's coming up. Uh, if you're in the Kansas City area, Missouri or Kansas, you are welcome. This is open to everybody. And we are asking for donations. Clarification, it's open to only women. Yes, Sorry. yeah. Let me clarify because I had guys register yeah. for it, and I had a woman even say, "You should do this for guys." I'm like, "What is going no, no, on here?" And, and here's the thing: we do events for men, we do events for women, but this event is specifically for women. As Firas mentioned earlier, a lot of women who have been abused, more women are abused. Yes, they don't want to show up and train with a guy and have a guy strangle yeah. them and teaching and talking about that. It's a sensitive topic, yeah. so we try to eliminate and make it a safe space for women to feel comfortable listening to other people, listening to stories, and listen to training without having people. That might trigger them, mm-hmm. and it's it's we're, that's what we're trying to do. It's not discrimination against men. Men get violated too. Yes, but we have other trainings opportunities for men to train. Yes, so we got that, and um, so we're asking for donations. Twenty bucks is the minimum we're asking because before nobody wanted to put anything. But if you can bring women and children's clothing, bring it, please. We want to get donations, money or clothing. We're asking for the minimum because it just gives us a head start on some. I had people that didn't bring anything. I was like. Come on, we're putting our time here for this. Donation is not going to us. No, it's, it's all the proceeds are going to Rose Brooks. Hundred percent. We're spending money out of our pockets. We're spending time out of pockets. Sponsors are coming in. Yeah, uh, yeah. So about that, we have Warrior Fuel, which yes. is going to have some snacks and food. Yes. Uh, we have Nutra Authority. They're going to have some samples and supplements, and they have sales. And part of their sales is going to go to Rose Brook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the percentage yet. We have another company that decided to send us shirts and tank tops That's that we're going nice. to give to people randomly. Uh, uh, based, I think, we, I don't know how we figure it out, based on donations or participation. Uh, I think, yeah, donations or how they react in the whole thing. And yeah. Like, yeah, we'll see. We'll have door, door prices, essentially. Uh, we have uh, a couple of the bakeries downtown that they're going to provide cookies mm-hmm. for the event. So there's a lot of people involved in, yes. the, in the event, and there's a lot of information. And all of them, everybody, they want this to succeed because we want to help Rosebooks. We want to help because this is really an epidemic. When shelters are turning away people and there's no room and they're not getting the money, yeah. we need to stop this. And then, and then the, also, I think which is extremely important beside the seminar itself you're going to get a booklet mm-hmm. an almost 20 page booklet that's going to have information more in details about what we just talked about mental aspects uh, signs talking about a weapon involvement in a house and how that makes it worse in domestic violence uh, rape cases when, uh, by an intimate partner talk about details and then we're going to have about four pages of resources mm. of national organizations hotlines local organizations organizations breaking down by that specifically help college kids organizations that help women of color specifically Latinas specifically white specifically Transgenders. We have all these different organizations. Yes, they're coming involved. They're gonna. They're, you're gonna have resources that are literally specific. Like literally, one of the organizations is transgender Latinas in college that they provide help for. So literally, you have very specific resources yeah. for. I will actually speaking of that. I want to send a big thank you to the LGBT community of Kansas City. They shared our events. They jumped in. They said anything you want, we're here, and that was really kind of them. Um, it is. There's a lot of community organizations that reached out. I was really surprised I'm happy not surprised that I didn't think there is not out there but we didn't have to beg we just put it up people came in for it so you're gonna have an educating moment yes I will be doing hands-on training of the most common things especially when it comes to the you know these attacks so there will be training it's not as strenuous or anything but we're covering stuff so and um 
I'm, I'm excited about it. I really want this to go and ex- uh, begin to become a success and looking forward to it this Saturday. Yeah. So um, to our audience, we're going to be continuing with more topics coming up. Uh, one thing we want to ask, if you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a review. I keep getting a lot of text me on Omar and our Facebook and all that. It's amazing. They love it. But go to the podcast on iTunes. Give us a review there. Um, you got uh, iTunes. What else we got also we're on? Uh, we're on SoundCloud and Optimal Things. Before we forget and close this, I know we've been going for a while. Yeah. We got a couple of questions from Instagram. Okay. So let's address them real quick. Great. Uh, easiest way to defend yourself from a man. Easiest way? Yeah. Uh, depends. I think in my opinion, and Phyllis, you want to cover it. In my opinion, prevention. So listen to the signs and prevent and get out of it from the beginning. So you don't end up in a physical altercation. Uh, also having some training. The more training you have, the more tools you're going to be able to pull out and defend yourself. What do you think, Phyllis? Uh, you covered it there. Yeah. Uh, is there a double standard where it comes to domestic violence? Yes. There is. I think there's a stigma when men talk about being abused. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's 2018. As you said, uh, everybody's getting, not everybody, but men, women, transgenders, gay, straight, mm-hmm. black, white, Muslim, Christian, Jews, uh, people are, are suffering from this. So there is double standards, but it's the same thing. It's like racism. We have to address it and we have to educate people and say, yeah. you know what? It happens to everybody. It happens not, to everybody. It doesn't make you less of a man. This is why we shared our story when we went to the police station and the court system and all that. Just us guys going through it. I'm like, okay. But here's the thing. Is that question came from a male or a female? From a female. Okay, cool. Because I get guys and they are all complaining. Well, it happens to men. I was like, I do understand. But do you know the majority? We're speaking of the majority. No, it happens to men. And I think there is there is a stigma in society. But it happens to more women. Yes. So when we're going to talk about something, uh, what we talk about and a lot of times when I teach, you know, gun classes or if I teaches combatives or we're talking about anything, we talk about the most likelihood. The most likelihood, I'm not going to have a guy attack me with an RPG-7. The most likelihood, it's possible that a grenade gets thrown into the room, but we're not, I'm not, you're not going to cover grenade defenses because that's not going to happen. That's not likely. It's not, so no, it's, it's not, it could happen. Yeah. So what we're saying is it's more likely for a woman to get mm-hmm. assaulted mm-hmm. or be in a domestic violence situation than a man. Yeah. So of course we're gonna address that first, but of course we, there is resources and the paper, the paper, the, 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 the book that we have, there's resources for men. Yes. There are resources for transgenders. There's resources for men of color. There's all resources and we have our doors open. Like uh, Falas has never turned a person down that says, you know what, I'm a man that's been violated. Yeah. Uh, and we don't we don't judge, we're not- like, I actually had men that can finally speak about it. It takes a while for them. And, and it, doesn't, right. it doesn't make you less of a man. It doesn't make you, bigger of a man it doesn't take there's nothing to it uh, the last question is personally what do you think the main cause of domestic violence is and can someone change um, I think they're asking about the aggressor in this case can the person change I think it's hard to change uh, a lot of times in my opinion a lot of these aggressors grew up in a house where yes they witnessed their dad their mom being violated uh, grew up in a lot of, of, of vi- uh, violence not movies and stuff like that, but violence, domestic, intimate violence, and they violence at home. In violence general, at yeah. home, and they grow up with it, and they translated it. Um, a lot of times, they end up with thinking it's okay, and no, they don't change. I think it's it's Here's, hard for a man to change. I, I can I can argue that uh, in a in a second here um, when you come about change. All right, here's the thing. I do believe they can, but they have to admit there's an issue. Okay, what do you think of? I mean, if they understand they have a problem, there is people that I've seen 
go through process of treatment. <laughs> you know what? You're very right. But here's the problem, though. What we just said about signs, uh, that one of the key signs, and this is national. I didn't come up with this shit from my ass. Yeah. National signs. It says the aggressor blames the victim. That's so, why I said he has to. Uh, so if, if, if an aggressor, if we pick somebody, let's, let's pick a random person. John Smith is an aggressor who beats the shit out of his girlfriend every single day and blames her. He doesn't think he's convinced that it's no, not his fault. He's beating her because she triggered him. You made me hit you. No, no, no. Nobody made you hit him. Mm. I've, I've never been to a bar. I've never hit a woman. But I've never been to a bar and you know what? I, I hit the person and said, you made me hit you. No, usually I hit them because I want to hit them. Mm-hmm. You know, and the same thing I think with domestic violence. No person is saying you made me do these things. Nobody made you do a thing. You're not a puppet. You're you're a human being with a brain. Nobody made you do anything. So I think it's hard for a man to change because they don't accept, or even a woman, they don't accept that they are doing anything wrong. I've seen uh, I have a lesbian couple in mind, and the woman was telling me that she'd been violated, and the girlfriend, I still see her online posting, she doesn't take responsibility for her actions. She's like, oh, the cunt, the bitch, this, this, very insulting to that mm-hmm. girlfriend, made me hit her. She was aggressive towards me. She uh, she did, she flirted with a girl in a bar, so I showed up and punched her in the face. I'm like, okay, if you don't like your girlfriend flirting with other people in a bar, there's a solution to that, break up. I agree with you on those. But it, there is an instance some people can change. We cannot say never. It can, but yeah. it's less likely to change yeah. because men th- or the people who are doing it, they think it's okay with it. But I think now we are in a time different, by the way, also. There is also understanding. If this happens and there's like, you have a problem and you need help, some people can't realize that the help is there even to help them change. It takes there, a while. There is. But you have to understand, if a person grew up in a violent home and that's the only thing they know, maybe there's hope, you know? There is hope, but it's very hard for a person yeah, to change. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be on the person that's getting abused to be the one helping him. So let's get this no, no, out of the yeah, way. Yeah. Like, I want to help him. Wanna... No, no, no. Get out. No, no. And, and exactly. Here's my point. Yeah. So I kind of felt that's where you are. No, I'm not the, talking. If you're being abused by this person. The, the person out. who asked this question is also a woman. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to say this to her. Is it possible to change? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. But any change, whether you want to change, lose weight, whether you want to be rich, whether you want to be poor, whether you want to stop being aggressive, it has to come within. You know, I can look at somebody. I have a brother who's been trying to. I've been. He's been trying to lose weight for a year now. Yeah. And he says he wants to lose weight, but he doesn't. And it doesn't matter how much I'm willing to help him if he doesn't want to help himself. Yeah. I can write him a meal plan. I can help him with supplements. I can do these things. But if he doesn't want to go to the gym and take responsibility, he's not going to help. Mm-hmm. And the same thing. How many people show up and say, "Philos, I want to be a black rank," and then they don't help themselves <laughs> if they I can't know. help themselves. So it's not you. If you can. You can say, if you're being violated, you're not the person to help them, Yeah. first of all. Second of all, is it possible to change? Yes, but they have to want it for themselves. You can't want it for them. No, that's the thing. They will like, I want to change. No, you're not changing him. You're not doing this for him. He laid his hands on you. He, I mean, and here's the thing. Sorry, we got to go back on one thing for because we got to go we're gonna spend time. But I'm just saying, it does not need to be physical abuse Emotional. to be just a domestic thing going on wrong. Emotional. I mean, a lot of it is like the last case we were involved in. It's a lot of emotional and mental shit. Emotional, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you should not be with someone that does these things. You should not be with someone that belittles you. You're not in someone under his foot. And here's here's my thing. And here's my take on this. My, my, my opinion. This is my opinion. 
Can the person change? Yes, if they want it for themselves. But they cannot change within a relationship. It has to be a fresh start. Oh, yeah. Because honestly, There's so much if, if the guy has already abused you mentally, has called you names, made you insecure, and then even didn't hit you, but did all these things, he can't wake up one day and say, baby, I promise I'll never do these things again. Bull fucking shit. He's going to do these things again. Yeah. Because you know what? He got away with it before. But it's the same thing. Men who cheat can't stop cheating. They can't. 100% they can't. But they have to start with somebody else. Yeah. Because if they if they say, oh, we'll stop cheating on you, no, they're going to do it again on the mm -hmm. same person. Because they already did it once. Yep. And they got away with it. So can the person change? Yes, absolutely they can. They have to want it for themselves and start in a fresh relationship where they're in a healthy relationship from the get-go. Mm -hmm. But you can't destroy something and rebuild it. Yeah. I think relationships is like a house. If you already set the house on fire, you got to build from scratch. Mm -hmm. There is no if the house is on fire, you're not gonna be bringing windows and say, you know what I'm gonna do? Paint the house. It's on fire. No, it, uh, you yeah. gotta you gotta go find a new house or gonna build it from scratch and with a new person, with a new material. With a I new will tell you, me personally, I was in a very toxic relationship in my past, and when I talk about it, um, I still you know uh, think about how I've allowed things, but. I tried even to fix that relationship, and he's just like you said, no, it's not gonna work. It's just, I went back and we had a good time, but then I've seen signs again. I'm like, you know what, bye, this is enough for me. And this is not to the level of what we're talking about, That, but it was mentally crazy, you know? And like you said, you have to start fresh. And literally, truly, I had to say, you know what, I can't be a part of this. This, this is gonna sink me in and it's gonna take. So yeah, you can't help that person. And I am a man and I'm a very strong man and I'm speaking of a woman that's been in my life, in and out. And you can't keep it. It just, it's, it's damaged. It's so damaged because they'll do things and then you're like, man, this is kind of reminds me of that time. Is this kind of, you know? It's, so it keeps coming, there's sign. But anyways, um, I truly hope uh, we accomplish something here. I'm really excited and hope to see everyone this Saturday. And um, I'll give the to you, Armand. No, I think we, this is a long podcast for yeah. sure. And uh, I apologize to our listeners that we went so long, but it's a serious topic with mm -hmm. a serious issue that has mental, physical, and a lot of uh, implications. So we have to cover it. It's not something light that we can just joke about and, and make light off the situation. We have to clarify about a lot of the points and make it clear uh, because we don't know who's listening to this. If somebody who's been abused or yeah. is, is currently abused or somebody who is in the early stages that this might help them. And this is our ultimate goal. If we can prevent one person from getting violated, then we did a good job. Even one person. Obviously, we try to reduce the numbers nationally and do as much as we can. But even, even if we change one person's life, that's a win for us. Uh, I hope to see every single one of you Saturday. Even if you can't come Saturday, I'm gonna make this open. I, I've never consulted with Philos about this, but I'm gonna make it open. If you wanna donate to the event, you don't have to be in Kansas City. Donate no, to the event. No, you can just open to no, donate. We're, we're opening this event. You can contact me, you can contact Philos and say, I wanna donate money to this event. I wanna send clothes. You can mail it to us. You can send monetary money and we will give 100% of it to the women's shelter. We'll not take a dime from it. Um, for any expenses. We're paying for the expenses from our pockets. So if you want to donate, you can. Please do. It's for a good cause. And if you're in the Kansas City area, please show up. We have people showing up from St. Louis. We have people that RSVP'd from Wichita. Yes. We have people showed up from Topeka, uh, showing up from Topeka. So you don't have to be to be in Kansas City, Missouri. Nope. There are people show, driving four hours to show up to this event. So. You don't want to miss it out. 
Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our sponsors. Nutrithority, no bullshit high quality supplement. Warrior Culture Gear custom designed and hand printed apparel. Made by and for the modern warrior. Modern warrior. Warrior Fuel, Kansas City's best pre-made healthy meal delivery plan. Feed the warrior in you.